It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi from Las Vegas. That's right. Uh, and joining us is Dave Spadaro, part of the Eagles broadcast team. Dave, good afternoon. How you doing? Anita, I'm doing fine, thank you. And uh, uh, looking forward to a, a really interesting game tomorrow against the New York Giants. That is that is for sure. All right, so uh, so let's do a deep dive. I like to call it a look behind the curtain in regard to what's going on with the Eagles. As we know, they're eleven and one. Their only loss this season was to the Commanders, thirty-two to twenty-one. You know, a lot of people Dave, feel that 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 really helped the team trying to you know get in that like uh, you know undefeated season monkey off their back. Now they could just focus solely on winning the division. Of course, potentially winning a Super Bowl. Agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. You know, no, nobody ever likes to lose, but for sure it was kind of ridiculous with all the, you know, at eight no, are you going to finish undefeated? Can you be undefeated? Can you? I mean, it's a 17 game season. There's a reason it hasn't been done for 50 years, and um, and it was a game where the Eagles turned the football over four times, which is really uncharacteristic going into the game. They had only turned it over a handful of times, so it was a very eye-opening game for the team. And I think from losses, yes, you learn things, and the Eagles have played good football since then. Uh, let, let's start with the offense in, in, in Jalen Hurts. You know, um, it, to me, coming into the season, the biggest question mark for me was Jalen Hurts. But boy, has uh, has he really impressed? And and it's interesting. I, I hear you know a number of people who cover the team, and when they talk about Jalen Hurts, he actually comes in with a briefcase, and he's approached this season, uh, you know, with a very corporate type of mindset. Uh, to g- give us some more insight on Jalen Hurts and, and how he prepares and, and how he's been able to become. Let's let's be honest. Statistically, uh, top five, top seven quarterback in the NFL this year. Yeah, you know he's always been very earnest and very serious-minded and very business-like and extremely even-keeled and extremely hard-working. And I mean, I think that the, the leap for Jalen, there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, this is the first time since his high school years that he's had consecutive seasons with the same offensive play caller slash coordinator. So he actually had some continuity, which he had not had in any year, let me repeat this, since high school. So you just see that level of comfort in the system, a level of confidence. He understands exactly what the offensive concepts are. Um, he has worked very hard on his pocket game, his throwing mechanics. He's always made good decisions. And he's always been really secure with the football. But I think what the next step for Jalen Hurts was, to show teams that he could win from the pocket. And, look, teams have played him. Defense has gone after him with the blitz. They've laid back on him. They've tried to make him win from the pocket. They've tried to take him out of the run game. Um, he has had answers for everything that defenses have tested him with, and it's been really impressive to see. And, you know, Anita, one thing that I think is important also, the Eagles returned their offense intact from last year. Now, it's an offense that led the league in rushing, that was a good offense, not a great offense. And then they added A.J. Brown, and he's a beast. So, you know, it helps Jalen, and I'm giving a lot of credit to Jalen because he's been outstanding. But the Eagles also have a terrific offensive line, a really good running game, and two 
legit number one receivers in Brown and Devontae Smith and a tight end who's been hurt the last few weeks in Dallas Goddard. They expect him back hopefully next week. Um, this is a really complete group of personnel that has a good team around it and a quarterback who's making all the right calls. Well, let, let's talk about his supporting cast. And, uh, and A.J. Brown is just unbelievable. Of course, uh, you know, you guys beat Tennessee last week. Um, and then following that game, A.J. Brown, what a, what a monster game, right? Eight for 119 yards, two touchdowns. He's got nine touchdowns on the season. Uh, and then after that game, the Tennessee Titans general manager gets fired. Uh, you know, how, how do you let somebody like A.J. Brown go? I mean, he's been such a difference maker, especially on this offense. You know, it's interesting. I, I mean, from a trade perspective, you know, I really think it's a little premature. I mean, actually, from the Eagles, they went tremendous, right? Eagles got exactly what they wanted. But from Tennessee's side, I don't think you're right. That off is a bad trade. They got Traylon Burks. They, they, the third-round pick they received from the Eagles, they dealt that. They got two starters out of there, right tackle and a cornerback. And so, like, it's a little early to write off what Tennessee did. From the Eagles' standpoint, they got exactly – what they wanted, what they needed, a game-breaking receiver, a physical freak who is just so violent when he catches the football and just creates separation by boxing out, to use a basketball term. He's the great – he and, he and uh, Devontae Smith really complement each other so beautifully. And I think Jalen Hurts has gained so much confidence in 50-50 balls knowing that Smith and Brown will bring them down. Brown is super happy. He's reunited with his – one of his best friends. He's got a new contract. Uh, he's featured in the offense. He's putting up big numbers. He's stayed healthy, knock on wood, through 12 games. And, um, you know, that's a big difference. So, t- tremendous, tremendous addition. And when you play the Eagles and you go, what am I going to take away? You know, you look at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, you go, I don't know if there's a quarterback duo in the league that's taking those two away. Let's talk about this offensive line. Uh, Besides the fact that they came out with a Christmas album, which, by the way, I tried to buy for a friend of mine, and like it's on back order now. So um, that that was fun. Yeah, you won't be able to. It's a very limited run. They want you to go in the digital world. Can you do that? Can you buy it off of, you know, like whatever Pandora or iTunes or wherever they're selling? Because I think that's the only got you've got. They did sell autographs. Items, uh, autographed albums for $400 in the team's pro shop last week, and they sold out in about six minutes. Uh, I'm I'm sure. Again, I was trying to I was trying to buy it for a, like a Christmas gift. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I couldn't get my hands on it. It's so a great, it's a great album. It, it's amazing. It's an, it's incredibly well produced. They have great. They're not only a tremendous offensive line. They can really belt out a Christmas tune or two too. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the uh, the, the piece uh, that that was produced on it with uh, Kelsey, of course, uh, leader of the bunch uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, for the for for a number of weeks, and you and I have had this court conversation before. I felt that Jordan Davis was one of the best players coming out of the draft, let alone best defensive player. Again, just my two cents, my opinion, and boy, did it show. Teams were able to run the ball seven yards, I think 6.6 yards per carry with him out of the game as opposed to 3.5 with him in the game. I mean, that's such a significant difference in regard to yards per carry, especially for a rookie offensive lineman. It's just unbelievable to me. Now, I know he, he, he came back last week, 
but I don't I don't recall seeing him play a lot of plays. But obviously, this is a team that held Derrick Henry to 30 rushing yards. Pretty significant. Talk about this rush defense. Yeah, so Jordan Davis uh, was playing about 25 snaps a game, doing a really good job, first and second down against the run. High ankle sprain goes out. Teams really started a formula with the Texans on a Thursday night game, played keep away from the Eagles offense. Texans ran the ball really well, and the Eagles had to struggle to win that game. The following game, the commanders ran the ball, uh, you know, controlled the football, were able to beat the Eagles. So then what did the Eagles do while Jordan Davis is on IR? The Eagles go out and sign Linval, Joseph, and and Sue. And so and then now Davis is back. Davis played six snaps last week against the Titans, getting him just getting that ankle loose out and get the rust knocked off. And so now you're looking at a team that's got six defensive tackles, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Jalen Hargrave, Sue, Joseph Davis. Great group. They they move them around, they play five man line, they're very stout against the run. Uh, the last three weeks it's been you know, 84 yards against Indianapolis for Jonathan Taylor. Um, uh, Jones, Jones in, in, uh, of Green Bay had 43 yards. And then last week, Derrick Henry, a long carry of six yards. So, they, you know, Howie Rosen doing a great job plugging any needs this team has had. And, um, and so they've, been, they've, they've had all the, again, more answers. And they've been south everywhere. So, so that, that defense... But so if you if you take away the run, now the Eagles with Hassan Reddick, with Brandon Graham, with Fletcher Cox, etc., they're second in the league with 42 sacks, and they've got two great cornerbacks in James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Uh, they lost C.J. Gardner Johnson with their starting safety. Uh, they have a kid Blankenship who comes in and he played great. So uh, Reed Blankenship has played the last two games. He played very well. So it's just they they really and, and they played with the lead. They've had. Uh, they've had the halftime lead in all the two games this year. They've scored seven times touchdowns, seven uh, on first, first first possession drives, seven touchdowns. And you know, that leads the league. So they're playing with a lead. The defense is very solid. I mean, it, to date, it is just a very, very solid, no apparent holes kind of football team that's having a lot of fun. Playing. They lead the league in takeaways. They're second in the league in sacks. They lead the league in, in yards per uh, play defensively. I mean, it's just it's been one of those seasons that you just don't see very often. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, to add insult to injury for a lot of Giants fans listening right now, you know, you guys are in a ridiculous situation when it comes to the draft because of the wheeling and dealing that Howie has done. So you guys are in a really good position, not only yeah. to, to make some noise this year, but, but also in the draft and, and, and we'll see what happens in free agency next year as well. Um, so, so last week, of course, Derrick Henry. This week, you've got you've got Saquon Barkley dealing with a neck issue. I do believe Saquon's going to play, but but I also I expect him to be a bigger part of the passing game this week because I do believe that the Giants are going to be playing from behind. How does this defense do against um, receiving running backs, running backs that are a big part of the passing game? Has it really been a factor to date? I'm trying to think if there's really been that kind of guy. Um, Green Bay a little bit, but no, they've, they've you know they've really limited the, they've, they've, they're second in the league against the pass. So I mean, they really haven't been hurt. They're giving up 18 points a game, and you know they're not they haven't been hurt by a, by a ton other than when they had those few games against the run. And and look, the Eagles know tomorrow that it's going to be a lot of Saquon. Get you know why wouldn't you want to get the football to a superstar like that? And then Daniel Jones is going to create with his legs, and he's got some confidence with Darius Slayton. 
who's had five straight games with 60 yards or more. So, you know, the Eagles know going in the challenges, and I, I think it's going to be a very tough game. It's the Giants last year beat the Eagles 13-7 to up there. Hurts intercepted three times. The, the Giants just have a really good formula for defending this team. It'll be interesting to see what Wink Martindale does with the blitz. He, he's brought it 41% of the time this year, most in the league. Will they, will they try to blitz and leave those cornerbacks uh, one-on-one with Brown and Smith. It's a very risky proposition. So, But for sure, for sure uh, Barkley is going to get his because that's just the kind of player that he is. And I think that the Eagles' advantage up front, you really want to find a way to get Barkley in space, and that will come through the pass game. Yeah, you, you mentioned the blitz. Uh, that much, uh, that, that big percentage, and Jalen Hurts against the blitz, 62 percent completion percentage with seven passing touchdowns Uh, before I let you go let's talk about the secondary Gardner Johnson now on IR of course you've got Brad Berry there Darius Slay Um, you know talk about the secondary and and where you would rank them in the NFL I mean I I can't imagine a better duo than Brad Berry and Darius Slay apologies to San Francisco who's had some injuries in the secondary but Brad Berry's been such a key player the Giants released him due to salary cap reasons which I just I always think why would you ever let go a great cornerback or even if you didn't think he was great a very good cornerback um you know, that's just a position you don't let go you find a way to keep somebody of that caliber at such an important position he and Slay have been terrific together um Marcus Epps first time starter he's been very very good in the secondary Gardner Johnson was leading the NFL in interceptions before he suffered a lacerated kidney he's on IR I think there's hope that he'll be back before the end of the season. In the meantime, Reed Blankenship played five years at Middle Tennessee State, made the team as an undrafted rookie, and stepped in and intercepted Aaron Rodgers on a Sunday night game. And then last week played 55 snaps against the Titans and played really well. So, um, you know, they're, again, they, they, when you have a good pass rush, when you have a lead, when you have two outstanding quarterbacks, it allows you to do a lot of things with your scheme. And the biggest statistics for the Eagles are don't give up big plays and take the football away and of course keep the points down and the Eagles have been outstanding in all three of those categories Dave thank you so much always great when you join us I do appreciate your time my friend thank you so much Dave Spadaro joining us here on 98.7 ESPN Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow thanks Anita happy holidays to all you got it. You got it. Uh, a lot to digest, a lot to unpack. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. You want to get on board now and talk about this Giants-Eagles uh, game for tomorrow. Now is the time to do it. Cynthia Freeland is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Also, um, as I mentioned before, the NFL, they send out uh, a packet each and every week with great statistics and you know FPI percentage of what to expect. Current AFC and NFC playoff standings, uh, teams with the most likely at stake heading into uh, this week, most likely playoff matchups. I'll share all that with you. Some pretty interesting nuggets and information I've got uh, in my hands coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We just heard from uh, Dave Spadaro. Uh, their, uh, their rush defense has gotten better. Howie, uh, their general manager, just making money moves, right? Like, uh, let's be honest, this Eagles team, they are in it to win it this season. And, um, and they, they are in a really good situation. I want to say they have six, I want to say four, six draft picks in the first two rounds this coming year. Uh, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So, uh, so, you know, they should be back in it. Uh, to win it next next season as well. We'll see. Uh, I'm curious. I, I don't have the statistics in front of me in regard to what their salary cap uh, situation is. You know, who are they going to lose in regard to free agency? Uh, who can they gain? Who can they add? Um, I don't have that information in front of me. But we just heard from Saquon Barkley. Now, uh, what's, what's a little concerning here is that since week eight, Barkley has been struggling running the football. He's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. So, and I don't think it's going to get any easier uh, tomorrow against the Eagles. 800-919-3776. Before I go through uh, what the AFC and NFC playoff standings look like right now, uh, let's go to our phone lines. Let's bring in Mitch. Mitch, what's up? How you doing? How's it going, Nina? Happy holidays. Thank you. Uh, the Raiders, uh, what a bump they have again. I think that coach is not up to par either. Should have stayed with New England when he had uh, in Mr. Tom Brady to always work for him. Um, Chargers, this is must do. This is do or die. I mean, I think the uh, Chargers uh, lose and Bills win. It doesn't sit well for either the Jets or the Chargers. You think the Chargers can pull it out this Sunday night? Well, I'm getting that, trying to get out here. Um, I do not. And, and Mitch, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I, I do not think the Chargers. Uh, are going to pull it out. There's just there's so much wrong with that team. Um, I host a show in in on ESPN LA um, once a week, and I had Lindsay Theory on with me, and, and Lindsay covers the Chargers. Just to give you some insight on the Chargers, their defense uh, ranks 29th in pressure rate. Uh, they are bottom five uh, in allowing explosive plays against opponents, and there's no team better than explosive plays than Tua in the Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They are bottom five in first down rate, allowing teams to convert uh, first downs at a very high rate. Um, they're also top five in missed tackle rate which to me I think is, is one of the biggest, the, the most significant stat here, especially because you're going up with both Waddle and, uh, and Tyreek Hill who run like four 240s, just ridiculous. And this is a team that's their top five in missed tackle rate. I, I think Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, I want to say the over-under in receiving yards for him this week is 98.5. His over-under receptions is 7.5. I, I, I think he blows it out of the water. Uh, this is a Miami Dolphins team. They got their butts handed to them by the 49ers. Tua was shut down, five turnovers in the second half. They did not have Armstead, their, uh, their, one of their, their tackles. He's expected to play this week against the Chargers on Sunday night. 
and uh, and this is a Miami Dolphins team. They also they stayed out west, so they stayed out west, so they didn't have to come back to Miami. So they uh, they played the 49ers, uh, found a location to hang out the week and prepare for the Chargers. So you know they don't have they don't have that that horrible travel that they have to deal with. Okay. Uh, really quick before you take a break, I just want to share with you again. I, I, I love I, whenever I get my email uh, from the NFL. I always get really excited because I, I just love the news and notes. Uh, it's a plethora of great nuggets in there. So just to kind of get you up to speed, right now, if the season was to end today, where everything stands, uh, the AFC playoff standings: Buffalo Bills would be first, so they would have the bye. Uh, the Super Bowl then would have to uh, make its way through Orchard Park. Buffalo in order to make its way to Arizona. So the Buffalo Bills right now would have the number one seed, then Kansas City, then Baltimore, Tennessee, Cincinnati, the Miami Dolphins, and the Jets are sitting there at seven if the season was to end today. Current NFC playing uh, playoff standings, the Philadelphia Eagles would have the number one seed, so the road to Arizona would have to go through the city of brotherly love. Minnesota, uh, who I think is smoke and mirrors, um, is sitting at two. The 49ers at three, the Tampa Bay Bucks at four with a six and six record. <laughs> Unbelievable. The Dallas Cowboys at five, the Giants at six, and the Seattle Seahawks at seven. Okay, so those would be your 14 playoff teams if the season was to end today. Teams with the most at stake heading into this week, the Chargers for sure, um, with a win. Uh, Their chances go up to 46%, making it to the postseason with a loss against the Dolphins. Um, It it drops down to nine. The Seattle Seahawks with a win, 80%, a a loss, it's 43 with the Jets. If the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills this week, their chances of making it to the playoffs increased 81% with a loss to the Buffalo Bills. It drops down to 49. For the Giants, a win their probability of making it to the playoffs if they do beat the Eagles, 79% with a loss. It drops down to 47%. The, four, the, the New England Patriots with a win goes up to 40%, a loss 13 the, And the Baltimore Ravens with a win goes up to 97%. With a loss, um, it goes down to 76 So very interesting for both the Giants and the Jets. Like I said, they are in the driver's seat. And, uh, and, and pretty much around the same percent probability of making it to the postseason. The Jets, 81% with a win, 49 with a loss. The Giants, 79% with a win, 47% with a loss. So um, very, very interesting. Um, also, I wanted to share with you, this is kind of cool. Now, this is the most likely playoff matchups based on, now this is based on where the teams are right now, their power rankings, strength of schedule, um, FBI predicting wins and losses. So this is like a real look ahead. Okay, so following matchups are most likely to happen in the wild card round. Are you ready? Cowboys against the Buccaneers, 57% chance it happens. Dolphins against the Titans, 30% chance it happens. Commanders against the 49ers, 28% chance it happens. Seahawks against the the 49ers. Giants against the Vikings, 25% chance it happens. Commanders against the Vikings, 24%. Bengals against the Ravens, 23%. So um, in in the NFC... um, 
what what can they expect as well? So following, oh, so I'm sorry, that's NFC and AFC. So these matchups are most likely to happen at any point in the playoffs. So those matchups that I just shared with you are more than likely to happen in the wild card round. Here are your matchups that more than likely are going to happen at any point in time in the postseason. Cowboys against the Buccaneers, Vikings against the 49ers, Bills against the Chiefs, Bills against the Titans, Cowboys against the Eagles, Dolphins against the Titans, the Chiefs against the Bengals. Boy, let me tell you, that that Kansas City Bengals, uh, Cincinnati Bengals matchup is is one that you know that's that that is one that's a can't miss game, um, and the Bengals they just have Kansas City's number. It's really really unbelievable. Now, last but not least, before we take a break, these are the matchups that are most likely to happen in the conference title games. Okay, these these are most these are the two teams that most likely are going to make it to the conference title game. Chiefs and Bills at twenty five percent. Vikings-Eagles at 19, 49ers-Eagles at 16, Cowboys-Eagles at 11%, Bengals and Chiefs at 10%. So uh, there you have it, the FBI probability of what we can anticipate to see in the postseason. Quick break, we come back. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network will join us right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, Cynthia. Good afternoon in New York, but it's good morning to us. I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas. How you doing? Woohoo! How's Vegas? Uh, Vegas is a lot of fun. Um, as you know, I was I was in LA. We we did not get a chance to uh, to see each other because I know that uh, you were you were a busy bee working. It's okay. My feelings were not hurt. We've got the. We've got. We'll have to make things right. All will be right in the world, hopefully, in Indianapolis for the the combine. That would be great. So before we start talking about this week moving forward, I did go to the Rams Raiders game. Oh my goodness gracious! So a few things. Number one, wow. that stadium is ridiculous, Cynthia. It's it's just it's oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous stadium. You know it's. <laughs> they've done a, it's an architectural like, gem they didn't do the best job hopefully you got into and out of it okay because i will say logistically it is a nightmare but other than that it's beautiful 
and the energy is cool. I could do that third down guy. I can hear him from our offices, which are across the street. That guy's a lot, but other than that, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so after, uh, so I was there in in LA with ESPN LA. Uh, we had uh, was there for the post game show. Uh, ESPN LA is is the home radio station for the Rams. So we we went over to the casino. So I was able to spend some time at the casino following the game with our, uh, our, our advertising partner, Tiza, Tiza Energy Pouches. So I was there for quite a while was, uh, and allowed all the traffic to die down before I was able to, to, to get back to my hotel. But, yes, uh, it did look like a logistic nightmare uh, trying to get out of that stadium. But nonetheless, and, of course, Baker Mayfield, what a, what a, you know, engineers a 98-yard drive to beat the Raiders. It was really, really unbelievable. It was, it was really a fun game to, to be at as well. But uh, let's focus moving forward, uh, and let's bring it back home here in New York. You heard Quinn and Williams. You heard him talk about, of course, uh, what's going on with the Bills and the fact that they get to go up against them a second time. Can the Jets sweep the Bills this season? The Bills are at home. Uh, it's going to be 30 degrees, if not colder. Winds up to 15 miles an hour. Snow, sleet expected. Bills favored by 10. The over-under is at 43. I think the under is the play here, Cynthia. How are, how, how are you envisioning this game playing out? I mean, I actually think it's there's a lot of, like, it, it's kind of strange to say this, but it, it feels like a much, much, much different game. Not only are we missing, you know, some key players on both sides, not the least of which is like a different quarterback playing, but like completely different running back. No Von Miller. Like there's just so many. Like I understand it's a rematch, but I don't know. It's, it's just quite different in this one. So I do like a slower paced game. I actually think that the Bills will need to emphasize a bit more of the run because the way that the Jets are able to bring pressure, especially only with four, that's a really, like, really hard thing for Josh Allen to do. So you've seen Josh Allen throw lots of interceptions this season, and they've turned the ball over, you know, as an offense way too much. So running the ball feels like a smart thing to at least try to do against this Jets front. So I'm with you. Run the ball. Both teams run the ball, run the ball, make sure that there's fewer possessions, meaning an under is a more likely outcome. Yeah, I, I really do like the under here a lot. As for the Giants, they are home dogs of seven. Home dogs have been dominating. Folks have been making money hand over fist uh, playing home dogs, but this is a unique animal, no pun intended. Going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably one of the best teams out there in the NFL. The over-under is at 45. No Leo Williams. He's expected out because of a neck issue. Saquon Barkley's been dealing with a neck issue, but Cynthia, he's been only averaging 3.3 yards per carry since week eight. So what, what do you see happening here? Do you have a play in this matchup against the Eagles? I think I like any over for Saquon Barkley you could come up with. I think that, you know, I, I think a big game for him, actually, I know it's going to sound strange to say that because I'm not, I'm not disrespecting Philadelphia's defense at all. I just think this is the type of game where Brian Dayball, like he has a lot of data points on this team. Like he can figure it out. Like this feels like a Saquon moment as long as he's healthy. Again, I don't have like the inside track as to – just how bad the injury is on anything to do with that. But I think a big game for Saquon. In DFS, I love him. Lots of shares of him to have, like, a nice tournament play. Um, so I'm, I'm into that one for sure. Uh, I, I, You know what's funny is the la- it came up in, like, my memories or whatever on my phone. I was at that Giants game where Deshaun Jackson ran it back in the last second. I had to get in the car, and Matthias had to drive me to JFK to fly back to, to, to Los Angeles. How funny is that? Anyway. That was a weird little memory. <laughs> so, yeah. And we didn't talk the whole time. Kiwanuka had to, after that loss, he had to drive me to JFK. 
Wow. I, like, I, I remember I was, I was actually, I was in the stadium. Um, I was getting no ready way. for, I was getting ready. I was working with Paul Dottino. We were hosting the, the post game show on, on the fan. And, um, and you know, we had our notes, we were ready to go. I went to the bathroom. I got up. I was like, Hey Paul, I'm going to use the bathroom before we have to head down to do our, our post game show. And I get back and I look at Paul and I, go, I said, Paul, what the happened? And he's like, I don't know, but this, this just, this doesn't feel good. Um, Oh my God, that was, it was, it was just, and, and if you recall, uh, Tom Coughlin the next day said that he went home and he, 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 he sat in a dark room with no light for like hours and just marinated on that loss. I'm like, wow, there's other things I would have done. Uh, but nonetheless, do you, um, you think that's what the, do you think that's what the Raiders have been doing since Thursday? I mean, cause oh, that, was, that was a bad one. It, it was, it was, it was, I mean, Josh's sphincter muscle was so tight. I just don't, I don't understand. You know, you've got Devontae Adams and it's not like Jalen Ramsey was, was all over him. I, I was at the stadium. There were a lot of, there were a, a lot of times where, where Devontae Adams was wide open and for whatever, whatever, only seven targets. You can, don't even, don't get me started. I mean, obviously I lost money on Thursday. So uh, let's talk about your Detroit Lions. Um, this is really interesting. The line movement here has been uh, really, really interesting. Uh, it's at two now. I want to say when it opened up, right, the Detroit Lions were getting one and a half. Now they're favored by two against the Minnesota Vikings. I love Detroit here, um, and I'm scared about it. Also, I like the over here at 51 and a half. Uh, this is your team. You're from this area. Uh, how, how, are, how are you playing this matchup, Cynthia? I love, I love my home state. I love the over. I, I have Minnesota winning by one point, so, I mean, my goodness, like, I, it, the whole thing's a match for me. So I, I look. I, I, you know, I put out all my, I put out all my scores every week. The thing I do feel confident is I think it's like twenty-eight, twenty-seven is the most likely outcome, which means fifty-five points. Which means for me, you got to remember, models tend to be quite conservative. So even like a half a point difference would be a lot. And this is like what you said it was fifty-one and a half. So three and a half points over that. So a very strong over for the way that my models work. Um, I love the over, but again, I, I feel like because it's so close, it could be anyone's game, which does actually help kind of give you the, the over as a good pick. But I, I would love the Lions to win. I just, I, I think it's probably one of those weird things where Kirk Cousins, you know, late game, it's close. He comes back and, you know, they've been winning these close one possession games this year. So that's where they break your heart, these Motor City kiddies that I have been an unfortunate fan of for my whole life. You know, I think the Minnesota Vikings have been one of the luckiest teams out there in the NFL. Teams have out, out, not outscored, but um, out, have put up more yards uh, against them in games. But they yeah. end up, in, but they end up with more points. It's they have to be the luckiest team. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking like this week their luck ends in the Motor City. We'll see. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope you're right. I know you do. I know you do. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, you can see her all over the NFL network all the time, and she does a phenomenal job. Um, Cincinnati favored by five and a half going up against the Browns. Um, Cincinnati, this offense has just been absolutely fantastic since week eight. Uh, They're scoring on more than 50% of their offensive possessions. Meanwhile, man, um, I said this on Daily Wager yesterday. I don't think there's enough WD-40 in the world uh, to wash away the rust that we see with Deshaun Watson. Um, And and I don't don't think think he's going to turn it around this week either. I think he's going to struggle. And I think he's going to get pressured by Cincinnati. I'll lay the points with Cincinnati. How are you playing this one? 
I'm with you. I think, look, what we saw last week, like, even even a quarterback who had played last season would be rusty in this scenario. So, you know, this is a this is a strange. That was a really weird game. That was a really ineffective, inefficient, inefficient team. And and by the way, as much as I like Amari Cooper, who I do really like, when their second best guy is Donovan Peoples Jones, like this that's a hard that's a hard task because their wide receiving core isn't really commanding any fear from opposing defensive backs, right? Like Luana Rumo could figure this one out. So. You saw the pressure last week, which is what I think was really – I mean, Trey Hendrickson finally looked a bit more like the guy we saw second half of last season. So I'm looking at this game, and, you know, while I have a lot of respect for the offensive line and Nick Chubb's contribution to the offense, I just don't think it's enough. And There's not enough big plays there for him to be able to take over and and turn it into a situation where the defense is a record like it was last week. All right, two more games I want to tee up for you, and two pretty good good ones. Uh, you've got the Tampa Bay Bucks going up against the 49ers. The 49ers favored by three and a half at home with Purdy. Here's an interesting nugget. If you don't already know, you might already know. I don't know. You can share, uh, of course, later on uh, today on um, on on uh, on the NFL Network. So both Ryan Suckup and Purdy are Mister Irrelevant. So talk about you've got your field goal kicker uh, with, with the Tampa Bay Bucks and your starting quarterback with the 49ers. Talk about two guys that I think are going to be relevant in this matchup because I do believe that uh, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. The over-under is at 37. The 49ers at home with their third-string quarterback. Let's keep that in mind. Trey Lance was one. Jimmy Garoppolo was two. Uh, favored by three and a half against the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. Do you have a play here? I, I think that the I, I think the Niners win this one, and I, I think I have like five or six points. I don't love that. I think I think that this one's a bit of a stay away for me, except for individual performances. Like I I think that you're going to see a decent game from Christian McCaffrey. I don't have the specific numbers on him, but I, I think for fantasy purposes, I I really like his his chances in this one. Um, you know, look, I. <laughs> I, we saw something from Tom Brady last week that was very interesting, and that was, I think he was, and I don't have, again, unconfirmed, I was watching just like a regular, you know, I, I'm an analyst, but I, I was watching just like you no one told me. But I think he kind of changed a bit of those plays at the end of the game there because they have been pretty conservative as play calling all season long with Byron Leftwich, and I think we saw Tom Brady come out there and, and, and call some audibles and figure some things out on his own. So that's where things get a little bit dicier for me. Like, I feel like too many people are on the side of the Niners, so... I feel like just like the, the sentiment-wise, like it's worth potentially considering the Bucks, but all of my models say Niners. I have the over, I have, I'm sorry, I have the under here at 37 on 58 yep. drives with Tom Brady. Only five times have they scored touchdowns, and now they're going up against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. I think Bosa gets to Tom Brady as well. Last but not least, before we start talking fantasy, uh, big game Sunday night again at SoFi. Miami Dolphins, they stayed on the left coast because they horrible loss to the 49ers now have to take on the Chargers. Uh, Chargers home dogs at plus three and a half. I like Miami here. I'm going to buy the hook down to minus three, and you could get that at minus 124. So what does that mean? You're laying $124 down to win $100. The over-unders at 53 and a half. The Chargers defense is just god-awful. I think Miami rebounds after a really embarrassing loss to the 49ers. What's your thoughts? How is this game going to play out, Cynthia? Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a really nice Miami. Like, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting like matchup from who to play. So, <laughs> because you know you've seen like the, first of all, 
The Chargers' defense is making Houston's defense look like they can stop the run lately. I mean, and we all know if you play fantasy, you should target running backs against Houston's defense. But you know what? The Chargers have been even more targetable and even more susceptible to the run. So it's like, well, is it Jeff Wilson Jr. or Mostert? Like, can somebody give us, like, how about not a committee of running backs? Let's just have one so I can play him in fantasy and be really happy about it. But, you know, I'm obviously very selfish. But I think at the end of the day, this is a nice situation for the Dolphins to kind of really solidify some things. And, you know, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, but they're, they're surrounding him with enough on that O-line to be able to see what he's really into compared to and what he's really capable of compared to what we've seen in some prior games. So I, I think this is a nice opportunity. I think that front low-key Melvin Ingram revenge game and, you know, there's, there's lots of fun things that, I, you know, fun storylines like that in this one. But I, I think it's like a very solid Miami win, like maybe 28 to 21. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. As always, before we let you go, we talk about your fantasy football players that are flying a little bit low on the radar uh, that you're going to play, whether it's in your own leagues or in DFS. Let's start with quarterbacks. Who do you like this week? I'm, I'm going back to the Jared Goffwell again this week. Like mm-hmm. In DFS, he's, he's super underrated in DFS. He's like, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at a quick drafting like salary here. like six you know, 500 fewer big dollars, you know, of your salary cap there between him and Kirk Cousins. And, like, come on now. Like, they have almost the same sort of stat line projected. So, you know, either one of those. I have a good rating on Geno Smith as well. Uh, my model doesn't love Carolina's secondary, especially, you know, with the mismatch with DK and with Tyler Lockett. So both of those have really – all three of those guys are really kind of standing out for me. And even Ryan Tannehill, if you, like, must. Uh, in regard to running backs, there's uh, a few with some big question marks. You know, obviously Walker expected out for uh, Seattle. Homer could be a sneaky good play. Uh, Mixon coming off of, of course, that concussion. I think he is a big game against Cleveland. Uh, who are some of the running backs you like? Yeah, I mean, in addition to those, I think that, like, look, we all kind of think that, I mean, Denver's missing every piece imaginable. So I think Isaiah Pacheco here is well-positioned to have an amazing game, like very nice upside here for him, especially with that game script being what it is. Um, I think you could look at Miles Sanders as well against the Giants. I think Philadelphia is going to want to run the football a little bit more, not just with Jalen Hurts. They've got to figure some things out. With you know, I think maybe people don't talk enough about how Miles Sanders is really helpful and, and really does actually do a lot for this team and gets good fantasy points. So I like that one too. And then I actually have both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in ranges where, I mean, Elliott's slightly cheaper in DFS platforms. I have a slightly higher projection for Pollard, but you could play either one of them and use them as your lineup, you know, in a, in a it, they'd be great for a tournament format for sure. Wide receiver, uh, Cortland Sutton expected out. So um, Jerry Judy, I think, could be a sneaky good play this week as well. Who do you like wide receiver-wise? You know, it's funny. I still like, like, I think Garrett Wilson here. I know that that's not a sneaky play at all because he's a bona fide number one. But because of Garrett Wilson, you know who else has a high projection for me that is a total sleeper? is actually Elijah Moore. You know, I know we saw it with Corey Davis as the subject of some targets last week against Minnesota, or last week for them. But I, Elijah Moore, he, he pops up for me as someone who could be one of those people in this game who, who matters a lot. And then I actually have a pretty decent rating on LaVisca Chenault, which kind of came out of nowhere against Seattle in a game that I expect to have a little bit more passing than people anticipate. And last but not least, let's talk tight ends. Who do you got? That's where that no Portland Sutton thing shows up for me with Greg Dolchich. That's a nice pick in that one. And then 
I'm not going to pretend that I know how to say his name well, but Shig Okwanku, I can't say his full name, but Shig, he's the tight end for the Tennessee Titans. You've seen some injuries there. Obviously, they have some other people too, but I, I think he's a great pick. Cynthia, you rock as always. Please know how much we appreciate your time here on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all the games, my friend. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. And have fun in Vegas, sis. <laughs> I will appreciate it. Again, she's Cynthia Freeland. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Vic Carucci is going to join us from Buffalo. Uh, as we had Dave Spadaro on not too long ago with a little look-see behind the curtain of what's going on with the Eagles. Vic will do the same for us in regards to the Bills. Big game for the Jets. Can the Jets sweep the Buffalo Bills this season uh, with Mike White now at the helm? Of course, we know Zach Wilson was able to do it 20-17 to 17 just a few weeks ago. Uh, by the way, really quick, we've got not obviously uh, we are in quote-unquote bowl season now because it is the holidays, but we do have a game on today, and it is Army and Navy. And there's, in my opinion, there's three things that are absolute. One is death, the other is taxes, and the other is the Army-Navy under. Well, guess what? I'm going against the inevitable, and I like the Army-Navy over 33 today, by the way, and I'm really interested. We're going to have Joe Wiz, who's going to be joining us in about 30 minutes. Curious to see what his play is here. Uh, The under has hit, get this, guys, the under in the Army-Navy game has hit 16 years in a row. 16 years. But the last 10 years, the average has been 33 points. I just think this this line is ridiculously low. Navy put up 32 points against Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's defense isn't half bad. Um, they put up 53 points against an opponent at some point in time this season. Army averages 26 points a game. Four times they've put up 40 points. So I just think this is a different year for both Army and Navy. Yes, are they still committed to running the football? Obviously. But here's another thing. Weather conditions are absolutely beautiful. No snow, no rain, only eight-mile-per-hour winds. So weather conditions are, are going to be quite nice. Good friend of mine, by the way, Cynth- uh, Cynthia Freeland, uh, Tina Servasio, by the way, one of my dearest friends on earth, uh, will be on the sideline uh, with, uh, with, with the broadcast, so, uh, and she does each and every year, and she does a phenomenal job. Also, it is Tina's birthday today, so big happy birthday shout-out to Tina Servasio. 
Uh, as great as she is a broadcaster, she's even 100 times uh, better a friend, and she's just really fin- fantastic. So, again, and, and if, if you do follow her on social media, by all means, please give her a shout-out, at Tina Servasio, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever the case may be. Uh, she's just so tremendous, and today is her birthday, and she will be on the sideline for the Army-Navy game. So, again, my play in the Army-Navy game is the over even though it's hit 16, the under has hit 16 years in a row. I'm saying that today, tonight, it's going to be different. So I like over 33 in the Army-Navy game. Quick break, we come back. Vic Carucci is going to join us. We'll take you to Buffalo uh, to uh, get a preview of what's going on. How are the Buffalo Bills preparing for the Jets? We'll find out next right here on 98.7 ESPN.